to the Hit Factor podcast. Tonight we oh, have I'm... a... <laughs> start, start over. You started talking before the recording started, dumbass. <laughs> Fuck you. It's recording now. We're leaving just, that just in. Just leave all this in. This is perfect. Yeah. We're off to a great uh, start. Off to a wonderful start. Okay, so Jeff takes a shot. Uh, Welcome back, everyone, to the Hit Factor podcast. Tonight we have a full lineup. Uh, There's quite a few of us, so we're going to try to suffer through this, and hopefully there's not a lot of us talking over each other. Uh, Tonight we have Jeff Coffin, uh, Jared Fox, Lane. Lane, how do you say your last name? Grease. Lane, Lane Grease, and this other guy that nobody's ever heard of named Joel Park. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good. good, man. How's your day? All right. Doing doing good. So, we're going to get off to the first topic right off the bat, and we have a new GM on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, his nickname is now the Green Bastard. <laughs> so you okay. see him? You see him? Call him the Green Bastard. Yeah. Uh, what what division did you make GM in? Single stack. Oh, cool. I know. I know. You, also, I thought you shot a couple different divisions. That's why I wasn't sure. Yeah. Cool. He's also going to start teaching classes as of last Wednesday when he made GM. Yeah. I'm already getting inquiries about uh, private lessons. So perfect. Yeah. Boom. So Jeff, do you feel different? Yeah, I feel totally different. Hey, <laughs> does Does Foley still deliver your card with the hookers and blow, or have they changed that? Yeah, that was yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, hair of the dog right now, man. Did um, do the ladies flock to you a little bit better? Do you yeah. a little bit more attention? Definitely, all these things, everything you can imagine. Okay, you, you've been irresistible to your wife ever since, haven't you? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> so, you so believe. seriously, Jeff, you want to talk about it? I mean, how did you kind of approach it? How, how have you been approaching it? Um, have you been the guy that was trying to make it, or have you been the guy that I'll let you say this? But have you been the guy that was just going to let it happen? Uh, were you the guy that didn't care? Um, I mean, I think everybody cares. Like, you might not be actively gaming the system. You know, you might not be trying to to make it real hard. But I think everybody cares. Like, everybody wants to make the highest rank in the sport. So, or yeah, so. Yeah, I was definitely wanting to make it, but I wasn't wasn't trying super hard. But it uh, it still feels a lot better not having to think about it anymore, you know? Because y'all gave me a lot of shit for <laughs> not being a GM. <laughs> yeah, so feels great. Now you'd have you been close a couple times, and then like where you only needed one more uh, yeah. good run, and then. So you've been there a couple times, and, and which we all were, we all had that, and then you would uh, not do so well on that one classifier that you needed, and then it would be just good enough to count, but not good enough to bump you up to ninety five percent. It would knock a hundred percent off, you yeah. know, knock a really good one. So was that yeah. kind of frustrating? How many times did you, you think you went through that? Just once. So okay. I was, I was, uh, I think after nationals last year, I was at ninety five and a half percent. And then I shot one and it dropped me down to like 93%. And then it just worked back up and it just so happened that the classifiers that I've shot at club matches and level twos have been repeats. So, cause I honestly haven't shot great classifiers. It just, I feel like I kind of got lucky getting the GM card, but yeah. So I just kept like working classifiers up because everyone's everyone's setting up the new classifiers a lot. So I just like got to reshoot those by uh, by chance, I guess. Well, just it's kind of tough, I think. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. I think it's kind of tough because some of them like the hit factors are very, very high. I can think of a few of them. Uh, what we shot, I think it's called like for I'm terrible at this for this day or something or for that day where it's like the six. Uh, freestyle on the tux, reload six, strong hand on the partial. Mm-hmm. Then second strings, the three, reload three. So it's freestyle, and then we can like that yeah. rolling into that. That one's crazy hard. And you just like in my heart when I'm shooting that, it's like, hey, just get them on paper, just don't miss. Yeah. And then some of them you get like what bang and clang comes to mind, or 
paper poppers that I think everyone shot and those you have to you have to go for gold a bit on those if you want to have a high yeah. a high score. So yeah, and then it was at the Oklahoma sectional. Uh, we shot one of the new ones, and uh, I hundled that one, but I hundled it in limited. So yeah, I'm not sure. I've heard that one's not going to count. Really? Why not? Yeah. Well, I, I've just heard that it wasn't set up correctly. It was not, and it's not going in. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't is it because, set up Is it because the targets weren't angled towards the shooter? Yep. yep. Yeah. That is correct. I heard the same thing. Yep. Yeah. And which is crazy, because I, I hundoed it, too. But yeah, still hundoed I, mean, I don't need to hundo. I don't need to make PM, but I think everybody hundoed that one. That one you here not hundo it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Joel was talking about for this day. I, I absolutely hate that one, because at 2018 Nationals, that was my first stage of the match. It's very difficult. Like, Especially for your first stage at nationals, I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what stage it it is at nationals, but first or last. It's very difficult. They they said one. they set it up at a Arkansas sectional, although it didn't count because it wasn't set up quite right. But uh, I shot like a complete dumbass on it, and everybody else laid up because that was the stage to lose the match on. But I'd already lost the match, so I shot it uh, pretty aggressively. It had like two deltas and a mic on it. And it was still at eighty <laughs> percent, and I won the stage for uh, production. Oh. Yeah, solid. <laughs> cool. So, uh, switching topics, Joel, Lane, and Jared all just got back from shooting um, Great Plains. So we're gonna let them talk about that. I know I've already talked to Jeff about, or excuse me, Jared about it. Um, uh, Joel, you were you involved in setting that match up? Um, I, it was kind of a group effort. So we had, uh, a bit of a, uh, a change in leadership at our club. And so we've had a bunch of people help like step up and help. So it wasn't just one person doing it. It was probably 30 people doing it. So every, I had a couple stages, those stages weren't all designed by just one or two person or one or two people. There were maybe, I think the most, I know I had two, there's a lot of people that just had one stages. So it was. That, that kind of led to, I think, the match having a good flavor or variety because everybody kind of has their own idea of what makes a fun stage. And so we had, I think, a good mix, which I really liked. Cool. But yeah, it's a good uh, effort. So what did you guys think of the match? Did it, uh, Lane, what did you think of the match? Lane, Lane shot it pretty good. I thought it was good. Um, you know, it was, uh, I mean, it felt like a level two match as far as, the types of stages and the relative difficulty of stages. But uh, I think it was very simple and I don't mean that derogatorily. It was just, uh, we didn't have any like time traps. We didn't have any sort of like, you know, funnels that really screwed up the match or the, uh, you know, just the efficiency of it. And, um, you know, so, I mean, I think we were done shooting by like two thirty or three. And so the only waiting we did the whole day was basically just waiting you know, for permission to tear down after that. So, I mean, I was, I was on the road and like picking up groceries by, you know, four thirty. I think after that. So. And that was a ten stage match that we were done by that time. So I that's thought awesome. That was, I thought that was quite noteworthy. Yeah. Wow. So you know, t- talking on the uh, flow of the match in in years past, that match has been one I shot because my friends were up in uh, Omaha and I wanted to go hang out with them. Uh, this he year wanted a, a, he wanted to get a beat down at Mario Kart. That's right. Except Joel wouldn't play me at Mario Kart this weekend. <laughs> I, I played you whatever it was last two nights ago. I there was one point I sat down my controller and walked away because I was getting bored waiting for you to get to the you finish ran, line. You ran one race, <laughs> not a full Grand Prix. That does not count. I still dominated. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm sidetracking you. Please continue. More, more importantly though, uh, the match was a what I would call a complete like changeover from previous years, which was a good changes. Uh, I felt like the stages were much improved, and it is a testament to how well it flowed. Uh, on one of the stages, the uh, storm that rolled in the night before took out a no-shoot that they forgot to replace the next morning, so they had to reshoot the first squad that shot it, and they did that when the ghost squad hit there, pulling them off their other stage to come back and reshoot it, and I think me and Joel and Lane had to wait for one shooter to finish before our or walk through, so they got it completely caught up while that squad was shooting another stage before launch. I mean, the match management is very good. Scores were updated uh, 
probably about an hour and a half delay. Uh, the scorekeeper would come around, collect all the tablets, so there was no waiting. I remember last year, I don't think we got on the road till probably 5.30 or so, and we left basically right when we finished shooting. This year, we hung around for about 45 minutes, but they hadn't started teardown yet, so me and Matt got on the road. But a very good match, good improvement from the previous years. Glad you liked it. Yeah, and you talk about the scores. I mean, we... We've went to other matches. I, I talk about, I brag up the guys, the Ankeny range. I was section a lot, but they do that also where it's, uh, they use hotspots or Wi-Fi. So like at our match, my homeboy, uh, Nick, rolls around on his cart, whatever thing he's got, his ATV, uh, basically syncs up the people's tablet or the stage's tablet back to his phone. And then he uploads that. And so, yeah, when you're, like, if you want to know where you're at, where you stand, you keep updating the practice score competitor app of their website. You know, every hour or so, maybe it's 45 minutes, maybe it's an hour and 10 minutes, whatever. You can, you know, keep track scores and tell where other people and other squads are at. So you have a lot of data at your fingertips if you want to track that. I think it's cool. I just cool. do that. I don't, I don't ever do that, but I know some people do that. Do you, do you guys do that or sometimes Absolutely. you do and sometimes you don't? You guys do? Uh, Jared, what do you do? So I use the competitor app and manually enter my scores during the day. So okay. more as a case of keeping track of mine. But like when me and Joel shoot on the same squad, I'll put his scores in the same time. And then if he asks, I'll tell him where we're both at. But otherwise, I'm not like, Joel, you're up by 10 or Joel, you're down by 10. But if he asks, I'll share. But otherwise, I mean, I'm not going to push him and tell him like right where we're both at. No, I like, you know, at a level one, it's like, who really cares? But it, right. like, a, I mean, obviously, I want to do well at a level one. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. But when you get, yeah, at a level two, you got maybe a heat from other you know, states, clubs, whatever, then yeah, it's good to know the score. Lane, do you, do you care to know it while you're shooting? Well, I'm technologically stunted, so I don't have any of that. So <laughs> I guess the best I do is like, it's worked out at Oklahoma and, uh, and at great plains that Matt was in the same squad, Matt Hopkins, you know, so he's, he's right behind me in the order. So I would get done. And then as soon as he would get done, I would either try to be close enough to hear, or I'd be like, Hey, what was your hit factor? You know, and then that's basically like the only, like the only thing I have, and uh, like I try to use that as a balance because I'm I'm wilder than Matt, but he's more accurate than I am. So I'm like, okay, roughly judge your relative performance based on uh, on what he did versus what you did. But Jeff, what do you do when you shoot single stack and there's two other shooters? Do you just not care or what? Yeah, I just don't pay attention. Do you chisel it into a stone tablet or has single stack upgraded since then? No, honestly, so when, yeah, we've upgraded. He's over there with a notepad writing everything down, (laughs) handwriting everything. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's one of those ones. It's in my front pocket Mm -hmm. right here. Yeah, with a calligraphy pen. Um, (laughs) No, so I definitely try to track, like, hopefully I'm on a a, uh, squad with somebody who's decent in another division and uh i'll just kind of keep track of their time and hit factors throughout the day and just go off of that yeah so so jeff what he means by that is if he's on my squad he's like well i was within three seconds of bradley yeah that's so yeah me and jason have this thing is like if jason runs the stage really well in carry optics and i won't run it decent we should be like three seconds apart that's that's (laughs) about what it comes out to most of the time (laughs) So, yeah. yeah, I don't track them. I don't know if I should. I may get into it next year. This year, I've kind of feel like I'm just going to stick with what I'm doing. I know this year is kind of already uh, screwed or whatever, but um, I don't know if that's something I'm going to. I think I'm just going to this year continue not to uh, worry about it and then just kind of try to shoot every stage like it's a separate match and uh, just try to, excuse me, uh, just try to, um, you know, shoot that one as well as I can. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I still to, feel like I'm super inexperienced at this as far as the mental side, not the mental side of it, but the, the, uh, the numbers side of it. Like when I walk up to a stage, I still don't know if like, if I should uh, go for speed or go for accuracy on a stage. So I, I, you know, I just feel like just shoot as many points as you can, as fast as you can is kind of way I look at every stage. 
I, I will say this. I'll look at a certain set of targets or a certain array or a certain presentation, and I'll tell myself, okay, this one takes more discipline. Don't don't push out of position in this because there's a wall right here, and you'll you'll shoot into the wall. Or you know, this one's got a hard cover or a, uh, uh, you know, it's a hard partial. You know, take the time it desire it, it needs. You know, give it the time it needs to make that shot. And that's pretty much the extent of me um, breaking a stage down, I guess. I used to never want to know the score. I was like in your situation for years. Just like, nope, I'll just figure it out when you get done. But then what I learned is regardless if you want to know the score or not, somebody's going to tell you the score. (laughs) That's going to happen. And I mean, it's no secret. Matt Hopkins and I have shot together for, I don't know, 10 years plus. Matt's always always been beating up on me at matches and uh you know i would kind of assume the worst a lot where i'd be oh, i can't even catch you i i don't know what you know you're probably 50 match point you're 100 match points ahead of me i'll never catch you and then matt's like well actually you're only like seven match points behind or maybe it's 10 or maybe you know it's it's i greatly exaggerated in my mind or made mistakes worse than they were so i mean that that could do a couple things that could make you relax it doesn't matter you have no chance of winning in your mind or maybe go crazy trying to catch up, but I mean, you're better yeah. off just just knowing the information. In my case, that's kind of what I just decided. I, I agree with you because I heard Ben say that a, a several years back, and um, I've even experienced that. So not last, not twenty eight, not 2019. Whenever the last time Area Four was at um, uh, Old Fort, I think it was 2018. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay, so we shot the first day. I shot it pretty good, and uh, I wasn't going to look at scores, and. Uh, they announced that a stage had been thrown out or somebody got on Facebook announced that a stage had been thrown out. So I, I kind of, yeah, I got on to look at what stage it was and I figured out what stage it was. And I kind of wasn't really going to look at anything else, but it was kind of like, you can't really go into it without kind of seeing the order. And so I saw that I was in second place behind Wansick and I don't think I was that far behind him. And we only had like four stages left. And I didn't sleep that night, man. I was like, dude, dude, you're going like, you're going to, you could, I mean, potentially you've got four stages. Uh, you could beat, you might be able to beat Wansick. And of course, somebody comes up to me and I, and I finally was able to go to sleep. And first thing I seen some guy and he goes, Hey man, dude, you're like just behind Wansick. You're going to win this thing. And I'm just like, Holy. And I just, it didn't go well for me on the rest of the stages. Yeah. Uh, and, um, but I, I said, you got to have to get used to that because if that happens, somebody's going to come up to you and tell you. Now, I was surprised that nobody told me at Nationals where I was at because I told everybody that I knew. I said, I don't want to know. Don't tell me nothing. People from home that were looking said, do not tell me. Um, and, of course, I ended up kind of doing something similar to that that match. But um, So, yeah, I'm kind of getting to the point now where it's one of them deals just kind of get into it and, and just know it and, and because you got to operate with that pressure. So. So, so my my thoughts on it. I like knowing the scores and where it's at. It doesn't really, it doesn't natively impact me. Uh, it hasn't ever really. I know some people it can, but like you said, I think it's good to learn to work with that pressure because, at like a three day match like nationals, you're gonna know where the scores are at. If you're doing well, someone's gonna tell you. If you're doing poorly, somebody probably two people are gonna tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean sometimes you get pleasantly surprised you know like i mean to use the example from nationals last year so i stay in with uh with cody and then mike ganier and mike uh black or however you say his super ukrainian last name anyways but um you know so i shot i was in all the same stages per day as cody but we were not in the same squad and so i remember i got done with the first day and i was kind of like ah, oh, you know I, I thought i shot a a decent day but i wasn't really sure and you know like cody is like checking the numbers like every 12 seconds and so first thing he get back to the house and he's like, oh man, I shot the best single day of shooting at a, ma- at a match I've done. And I was like, oh, you know, and so there was a part of me that was like, man, is that good for you or is that bad for you? And he pulls up the scores and I think he was up, you know, like 18 points on me or something like that. And I was like, I was like, okay, I didn't think I shot my greatest that I could have done. And I'm like that close to him. So I was like, okay, you know, this is totally a positive thing to learn. So like you said, like you're going to get told the scores you know, so, and it's not always like a negative. So like sometimes it's like, oh, sweet. Glad to know it, you know, just get, uh, get accustomed to it and, uh, and, uh, and use that to help, you know, help you make whatever adjustments you need to make, whether, you know, positive or negative for the next day. Yeah. Well, and sometimes you need to know, cause you know, we've, again, we've heard Ben talk about it. Um, ben and Joel talk about it in the book match, match mentality that, you know, um, uh, you know, that going into one stage, you've got a comfortable lead. So you're definitely going to, use that to your advantage and go, I've got a comfortable lead. 
Um, I don't need to win this stage. I need to just have a decent, solid stage. Fifth place run, tenth place run might even still secure my lead. Um, but I could definitely probably lose it on this stage. And I've lost, I have recently lost a match on one stage. So I know how that feels now. I didn't know how that felt until two or three, about a month right. or two ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that's good to know. And, and that's something I'll probably start getting into myself. Um, as you know, maybe next year, I don't know that I'll worry about it this year, but we'll see. So, um, Anything else on either one of those two or three things we've talked about so far, guys? I got one more thing on the right. tracking scores. One time it kind of bit me in the butt. It was Oklahoma sectional 2019 that Jeremy was at. And his scores were in practice score as minor. And he was shooting major. So they didn't get corrected until everybody had shot and it was all over. So I thought that I was doing really well and <laughs> that I was going to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and then they switched it to yeah and then they switched it to major and i lost so you sure jeremy did you, didn't did, like cheat he didn't really shoot minor and go pay off the match director and yeah get it he probably up. did he probably yeah. did that was you didn't lay up though, did you because you thought you were no that's what he's saying you thought you were winning yeah well i thought i was doing much better like i thought i had made up all the points and i was like neck and neck with him and then you know i was behind by five percent or whatever that sucks okay all right so for the next thing um this is kind of uh, uh similar to something joel does joel and um cody do on the uh, shoot fast podcast it i think they call it uh would you rather is that what you call it joel oh yeah yeah okay so this one is essentially would you rather but it's more in the sense of what defines uh, a good year for you uh what what at the end of the year you look back on the year and you're trying to assess was the year a success or was it a failure and so i would ask would you rather we start out this way and then we can let it evolve into the conversation evolve into whatever it's going to whatever shape it's going to take or direction it's going to go. But would you rather, let's say you shoot eight level two matches and we're not going to include area matches just for right this second. So you shoot, let's say eight level twos and you shoot nationals. So would you rather win all eight level twos and have a mediocre nationals run? Or would you rather have fairly decent outcomes at the level twos and do a really solid performance at nationals. Now, the solid performance at nationals, I mean, we, we want to be real, somewhat realistic in this unrealistic, uh, fictitious scenario. Um, obviously, if I said, would you rather win nationals and not win any level twos, everybody's going to say, oh, I'd rather win nationals. But let's say a top 10 finish at nationals, which is really, really solid. And uh, so would you rather win, have a level, uh, top 10 finish at nationals? Or would you rather and and do mediocre at the level twos, or win all eight level twos and do mediocre at nationals? We'll go with Joel first. Oh baby. Well, I guess it all depends on what comp. And I'm probably thinking about it too hard. It all depends on what level of competition there is. Because if you have a bunch of soft wins at level twos where there's nobody there, it probably wouldn't matter. Um, I'll be real with you. I have a like a bookshelf full of plaques. They're all spine out. And I mean, they're they're cool. I mean, it's it's great winning stuff, but uh, I probably would be met, worried more, judge uh, my performance more based on my skill because I always want to get better than I am. And I feel like if I feel like I can't get any better or I'm not getting any better, that would be really frustrating. And I'd be really discouraged because I'd be looking at what I need to do next. So, I mean, of those two, I would I would probably take the the level twos because that would probably lean more towards consistency whether than maybe having one nationals that I hooked up and swung for the bleachers and the rest of them, I kept swinging and eventually at some point I had a good one. The other ones I didn't, but you know, it all depends on, you know, who's there and what happens. Okay. Lane. Uh, basically the same. Like I you can't copy I'm me. only concerned with my skill level <laughs> in the absolute. Um, like he said, like I, I, you know, if they're the, the the majors like winning level two doesn't really mean anything to me unless there's somebody good there. 
and I'm okay losing if I shoot well against good competition. So, you know, and that's, I feel the same way in like wrestling or jujitsu too. Like I don't like losing, but I would much rather perform well against better competition than beat up on people that I already knew I was superior to. Okay. Uh, Jared. Now, Jared, at the level twos, you get to beat Joel at every one of them. So (laughs) factor that in. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You know, actually, me and Joel are one for one on level twos now. That's true. I've I've bested him once. He's bested me once. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, th- this weekend's a good example. Like, I, Joel beat me, and uh, I ended up third, and Joel and another guy beat me. And it doesn't really bother me because I shot fairly well, and they just shot better. What, it, it only bothers me if I do something really stupid and did not perform to a reasonable level. So I, I guess I'd have to decide with Joel on that in that I would rather – I'd rather cons- shoot consistently than just swing for the bleachers once and hook up and get lucky. Like I'd rather consistently finish well, even even if it doesn't mean you know winning. I'd rather consistently finish well than just like <clears throat> finish tenth most of the time and then get lucky and finish tenth at nationals or something. Or like okay. uh, Jared, I mean, yesterday there were some stages you could have railed on really hard. But Jared was more worried about winning a match than winning a stage. You know, is that kind of fair to to say? Yeah, I mean, I don't don't do anything stupid. Um, yeah. You know, there was only one stage I really pushed on, and it, it was late enough in the day that I knew where you were at and I knew where I was at, and you put up a pretty baller run on that stage. So it was our third to last stage. So I pushed a little bit there, but didn't do anything stupid. And I ended up having a couple of makeup shots. It was like a second off the pace on it. And Joel had shot it extremely well and ended up keeping the uh, the stage win, I think. I don't think anyone else beat him on the stage. And I, that was six. I was, uh, yeah, I think so. And that's probably yeah. like 90% of you or something. At that point, uh, you know, I was, I was far enough back when we had 100 points left in the match, so it didn't really matter much. But I... I'm at a match not to win a stage to try to win the match. So, yes, I'm I'm not going to shoot like an idiot on every stage and hopefully that, you know, the nine that aren't train wrecks don't hurt me or the one that's train wrecked don't hurt the nine good ones or something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go next because I think I will agree with the other three people. And Jeff, I'll leave Jeff for last because Jeff disagrees. <laughs> from our pre-show conversation. <laughs> so I actually said exactly what I think Joel and Lane, how Lane said it. Um, if I shot eight, and this is also assuming, and I didn't do a very good job of explaining up front, but assuming there's some, you know, good heat there and it's not, it's not a match where there's no heat, there's no heat there. Uh, and I don't mean it's, it's super stacked, but there's some good heat. And I would much rather probably win the eight level twos that had some good competition and where I had to be on my game to do well um, versus have because because nationals even though it is nationals and it is the most important match it's just one match that nobody has to qualify to get into so everybody shows up to that match um, and, and it's just another match it's the biggest match and I get that it's the one that you know is the most clout for the year but it's still just another match uh, it does have a little bit more pressure for some people for most people probably um, but I too think that if I could win eight level two matches and they were, you know, good quality matches, then that means I'm getting better and I'm consistent versus just hooking up. Cause if you basically the scenario was, is if you, you didn't do really well at your level twos, but you, you did, you did really well, um, at the biggest match. And was that a, is that an issue of hooking up and just kind of having one good match? So Jeff, do you want to change your answer? Or do you want to maybe explain your position a little bit more? Um, no, do I don't want. I don't. I don't want to change my answer. Um, yeah, so I would much rather do well at nationals, and that that may just be a product of being in a division where there's not usually uh, much heat at a level two. So, That's a good point. Normally, normally I don't really care about level twos, uh, like 
a good example would be at this last level too, I signed up in limited, right? So that's just kind of like a big, yeah, I don't care. I'm just going to go shoot. So you're going to do that for the, rest of, for the rest of the matches until nationals? <laughs> Dude, if there's nobody in single stack, yes, I will. That, it doesn't <laughs> it, bother me. You're a so, real baller and just go ahead and step up to open. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> why not? Uh, but yeah, so it doesn't really bother me because there's not, you know, unless, let's say, uh, it, it would be a little demoralizing if, uh, let's say Jeremy was in each each match, each level two that I shot all year, and he beat me at every one. That that would not be okay. Like I don't want to lose to the same guy five times. I mean, that um, guy could have just gotten lucky five times in a row. Uh, it happens. <laughs> I've experienced it before, where some guy gets lucky and just barely beats you right. by a few. That's points. totally possible. It's yes. totally possible. It's just got your number. Yeah. Right. Just is this in your head? Is, are you referring to somebody that you've never beat, even in, across two different divisions? Uh, across one division? Well, I guess I did shoot limited against this person one time. This guy's a real prick, by the way. Um, Does he resemble yeah, a Sasquatch? He resembles a big, hairy animal of some sort. <laughs> in this big, case, a big American thing. winning machine. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but, but yeah, so I, I would much rather care about Nationals because... Uh, if there's not somebody notable at a level two in my division, so Jeremy or Tim or Seeklander, someone like that, if there's not one of those guys there, then I can shoot an absolute terrible match and win by a lot. So I don't, I don't necessarily care about level twos at all, other than it's good practice for nationals. Can I ask a follow-up question? Yes. Would your answer change if you shot a division that had more participation? Yeah, probably. Well, he doesn't know. I don't think he shot in those divisions enough. Yeah. I, I think his answer, the way he basically justified it, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and I don't think, I wonder if if you don't, if because to me, when Joel asked that question, I was like, oh, it has to. You would have to change it. And then you kind of weren't really going that way. So I'm thinking maybe you just don't know. You don't know. You don't know, bro. I don't know. I think if I lost to good shooters all year and then I went to nationals and did really well, I would, that would be a good year. If I lost to good shooters all year, but did well at nationals, but if I beat, okay, decent shooters all year and then did really shitty when it really mattered that would bother me so. so what's what's better um losing to jeremy at each one of those level twos and then beating jeremy at nationals yeah then just beating the shit out of him at nationals yeah <laughs> does it bother you if you mess up at a club match no it doesn't i've shot with him too many at too many club matches i don't think it does lane I'm for one on yes yeah, Jeff shoots good. So, yeah, well, I, I was going to add. If you think, have a um, lane, hold I on. You... To, uh, I think to Jeff's point, because the way I view it is, yes, I'm definitely trying to win all of the level two and level three matches, but each major match is also training myself how to shoot nationals or the next major match correctly. You know, yeah. as far as being able to manage. 10 stages, 14 stages, 21 yes. stages, whatever, you know, manage multiple days. You know, I mean, it's just, so yes, the performance matters, but it's also, I'm training myself just from the match. So I, I, I 100% understand like, where you're coming from on that. And to kind of piggyback on what Lane was just saying, I shoot a level two and I judge my performance, and but the goal is also to shoot the next level two even better, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. And then, yeah, and building that's building up to an area and nationals. Um, back to Joel's question, and I think Joel even has to, he wants to comment on it. Jeff, what do you think? I mean, is that something you think you could answer? Do you feel like you, if you, because like you've seen me shoot level twos and I get pissed off if I screw something up. I'm mean, at level one club match. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that, that does bother me because it's, a, it's especially when it's something I did that was stupid. Um, which is usually the case when that happens. Um, but I feel like I've always thought that, and it was a good – I like Joel's question because I always like 
I always thought this, and I could be completely wrong, but I always assumed that when you're shooting a division where there's not a lot of heat, um, at a, even at a, and I'm talking about at a local, um, it it doesn't really bother you if you have a mess up on a stage because you just know you're, that doesn't matter. So it's hard to take it seriously. And then you screw up at, now your, your personality is also different than mine. You're a lot more laid back than I am. So that may also come into yeah. effect. So at a club match, like I haven't, I guess I've won one, but I'm going for the overall win. Like everyone, like I, I'm not even a little bit looking at single stack. Like I don't even, I don't pull it up. Um, it, I guess letting, letting a a mess up bother me at a club match is kind of new this year. Uh, me just not letting mess ups bother me so much. That's kind of how I shot Oklahoma. Uh, yeah. So I think mess ups in general, just aren't bothering me as much at this point in my shooting. Uh, I just shoot, and then if I mess up, I just shoot again. But you okay? But you don't get pissed off for that stage until until you walk to the next stage. Because I'm know. doing what, what you're saying. I'm also doing a really good job of of moving on past it. Like you seen me really screw up a stage, and I told you I turned around and said, "Well, I said I can't let this bother me because it'll definitely cost me the match." And it ended up costing me the match anyways. But I shot the rest of the match really good. Um, after you come over to the to the cart with a whole bunch of uh, profanity and <laughs> tossing mags around. Those are two different matches, Jeff. Talking about. <laughs> I, I allow myself to be angry on that stage, but as soon as I walk to the next stage, that, that last stage no longer exists. Yeah. But Joel was going to add something a second ago, and Jason, of course, wouldn't shut up long enough for him to speak. Joel, can oh, we no, get your comments? I, I was coming back to that. Important. No, I was just gonna say I um like I I maybe it's just the way I'm wired. I I I I know lanes like that too. Whereas if even if it's a so lanes very strong at carry optics, he shows up as long as his gun doesn't break, he's probably gonna win. But if something goes wrong, he, I can tell he's. I mean, he doesn't throw magazines. And he's not throwing a temper tantrum or swearing. But I can tell he's angry if something doesn't go well. Regardless, like when he shows up, he's going to win. Is that fair, Lane? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I definitely like the local matches are more relaxed just in general. But I guess to me, it doesn't change like the art, you know, like it's still a shooting competition. And I still need to go run that stage like it was a stage anywhere that I encountered it, you know, like it's not a time to get cutesy or do something stupid. Um because I do view all of those stages like they're training me for the next match, whatever match that is. And I've done that really poorly. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think it was Iowa sectional like two years ago or something. Um, I think we had a local right before it. And I remember for whatever reason, I guess I thought at the time it seemed like a smart idea, but I thought like I wanted to kind of, there's so there's like five stages at the local. I wanted to like essentially confirm each one of my skills but like on like different stages I was, I was like okay make sure you can still run like a fucking wild man okay make sure you can still shoot all alphas and so obviously it went fucking horribly at iowa sectional because <laughs> i was like i was wild and you know it was like then i was slow and then it was like it was like it was just all over the board i'm like you know stop and think about it. i'm like well of course it was you had no consistency in your you know your preparation like a week before that so so yeah just treat it all like it's treat it all like it's serious i mean obviously have fun but you know absolutely it's it's all serious do it do it all at the highest level you're able to so uh you know something a little off of this topic but it's got me thinking about where you, you mentioned how you were trained the week before I, I believe both of you your next majors are a free state with me here in kansas city right yep, yep. looking forward to it so what what is your what is your plan as far as training now leading up to that? Not and not not what you're doing, but what is your weeks leading up to that going to look like? Lane, you're up to bat first. Okay, I'll go ahead. Um, so I've been shooting live basically Fridays and Sundays, and then doing dry fire on Mondays and Wednesdays. So um, I definitely think I'm going to hit the dry try to hit the dry fire a little bit. Um, harder uh but the live fire i mean it's going well but i've kind of identified um i still i just need to be more accurate in general with uh you know shooting minor so 
um, I think just drills oriented, uh, especially practical accuracy and uh, and some stuff like that, and just really, uh, you know, really holding myself to the accuracy standard. I think Cody and I are gonna hit a training session, not this week up, like not this week, but next week or something like that. We kind of talked about it. I'll probably snag one with Joel and Kenny as well, which has been good. Um, and then, um, and yeah, basically not try to reinvent the wheel, just, you know, a non-emotional look at skills needed. I think pure accuracy is something that I, is probably my most, uh, most required thing. And then just, uh, I guess more like dot discipline, um, like dot discipline got me in trouble in Oklahoma. Like I had, I had five different alpha mics on targets that were eight yards or closer because I was transitioning to another target like pretty quickly off of that. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a lot of fucking points on targets that are really easy to hit. So, uh, so yeah, don't, don't do that. That's, that's my, <laughs> that's my plan. Uh, Jason, you're going to be there also, right? Aren't you squatted with us? I think for free state. I am. Nice. Yeah, yeah. What does your train up look like? Um, well, I'm going to try to start training. Um, oh, I've had to take the last week off cause I've been in a little bit of pain from <laughs> his separating from my motorcycle, um, <laughs> hitting the ground a little hard, oh, separating, baby. separating from the motorcycle. Um, <laughs> so my stern, I got up and tried to dry fry this morning and my sternum was every on just grabbing the gun, trying to draw was a little painful. So hoping tomorrow with some, um, uh, a leave. Uh, early on, um, maybe I can start practicing. So it, it, that's the kind of the goal is just to start practicing again. And then um, I'm going to start trying to maybe do some two-a-days. Um, you know, I, I've gotten to kind of where I'll start breaking them up and do smaller amounts, you know, 20, 30 minutes twice a day, and then try to hit the um, the range twice a week. And I may even push that to three week, three times a week because I don't really think I'm going to shoot a – I'm not sure I'm going to shoot a club match before then. I may shoot one. So – what about you, Joe? Uh, well, mine probably a little bit different. I'm still working from home for another six weeks, and uh, I probably leave my house maybe three to four times a week right now. <laughs> so I found out the hard way in Oklahoma uh, that going out to the range like Saturday mornings when it's cool out and training, and not being out until peak uh, peak hours, <laughs> Oklahoma was a bit brutal. It was not it was not good to me. So uh, I'll be training. Uh, uh oh, I think we lost Joel. Right, right. No, Joel, like he froze, froze up. up. <laughs> at, at least we get to see this beautiful picture of him, like. Half <laughs> <off>. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he's probably like still going on with like the most important information ever, and doesn't know he's froze. Yeah. Oh, all the secret, sucks. all the secret sauce is being shared right now, yeah. and nobody gets to hear it. <laughs> Joel, well, Jared, if you can hear us. If you can hear us, jump, jump out, and try to jump back in. Yeah. Jared, let's uh, let's go to you. What are you gonna do? I say, I'll just call Joel and tell him. <laughs> Joel, just send me a Facebook message. Hang on one second. Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Sorry, one sec. All right. Uh, so for me, uh, I've had three majors in pretty short time here lately. So I shot uh, Ozark. Arkansas, uh, I think they were back-to-back and then a weekend off, and then then we've had uh, Great Plains. So uh, I was I was starting to ramp up training uh, a few weeks before Ozark, and as we know, Ozark did not go well. Uh, so I was hitting it pretty hard the next week, and Arkansas did not go well. Uh, so, um, But I figured out what was wrong. It has been hitting training pretty hard since then. Uh, so I've probably for the last like three weeks, I've probably been shooting four to five days a week, uh, live firing or uh, dry, fi- dry, dry firing, uh, probably about two hours a week on on average. Uh, so this week, being that we have a month between majors, I'm actually going to take a little time off this week. So I didn't do anything shooting related today. Uh, at all other than play with my non-competition related guns so uh, i'm gonna take today off uh shoot my local indoor match tomorrow and then i'll live fire on wednesday and then after work on thursday i'm gonna go visit my parents for fourth of july weekend 
so I'll probably go out to the range either Saturday or Sunday with my dad, shoot a little bit, and I'll, I'll get a little practice in there. And then starting next week uh, on Monday, I'll start hitting the training hard again and ramp up through the match because right after Free State is going to be uh, Area 3. So I got two matches in a row against Joel, mm. and I don't want de- to let him defeat me again. Yeah, don't let the podcast down again, Jared. <laughs> again, dude. Uh, is Joel going to jump back in? Did he, has he texted? There he is. Oh, there right. he is. Perfect timing. Uh, Very sorry. No, it's all good. Jared just finished up with his, so. Uh, oh, sorry, connecting our pods. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my computer decided to restart, so. Don't you love that? I don't know. I feel like a boomer because mine does that to me, and I don't know how to stop it. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, it's good to know that y'all's does that to y'all as well. All right, very sorry uh, about that. I was I was just telling them my training plan to to prevent Joel Park from crushing my soul and another. Oh crap! Shoot. And I missed it. I needed to know that. <laughs> I I said I was going to sit around and drink beers every night and occasionally point my gun at the TV. So don't worry, that's it. Well, make sure you shoot at the TV when the bad guy comes on the screen. Only when the bad guy comes on the screen. Yeah, of course. It's really hard when you're watching Lifetime movies. You got to wait forever. <laughs> Lifetime movies. Hallmark Channel. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds accurate uh no I, right. I don't know where I, where i got cut off at basically i just i got really hot in oklahoma and i was not okay so getting a better condition to being outside in the heat is my main goal does that mean you're gonna come start running with me on the weekends joel running yeah with without somebody chasing me <laughs> i mean i could i can let klaus loose that's no problem oh baby <laughs> klaus is serious <laughs> business <laughs> Joel look all torn up like Matt's thumb. <laughs> That's true. Matt missed out. I messaged him like five minutes before we got on the call. And I was like, hey, want a podcast? And he's like, left my computer at work. So I said, well, I'll try to give you more notice next time. We're so professional. Yeah. Big time here. Well, it kind of comes short moment that we're like, hey, let's invite somebody else on the podcast. Thankfully, Lane and Joel uh, fit us into their busy schedules tonight. I was worried that Jared was going to try to sell me something because that's usually the only reason he calls me. <laughs> and I was like, I feel like I bought all of the CC things right. that I can possibly buy this you year. Don't, you he don't have just, a Shadow 2 yet. Yeah, he was just calling you to tell you how awesome the Shadow 2 was. <laughs> right. Does he do that to you guys too? <laughs> yeah. Constantly? <laughs> I'm eventually going to get Joel to switch away from his nickel-plated sissy pistol. Nah, I like those. I like those tanfos. Well, before before we started recording, everybody on the podcast was dry-firing their Glocks. Why was this that? true. Uh, so, We've got a two-gun match coming up, so it'll be something fun to do. And I just like shooting different guns. Sorry, Jared, what were we going to say? Uh, you know, actually, to talk about the Glocks, like, I think uh, at Oklahoma Sectional, I looked at... Uh, a gun that another competitor was using. First, I think it's the first time I actually handled the Gen 5 Glocks, and I was actually impressed with it. Uh, the grip was far, far better than the old ones without the finger grooves and stuff. Yes. It was pretty interesting. I don't see anything wrong with those as a competitive gun, but you're much cooler if you shoot one of the guns I sell because it keeps me employed so I can buy bullets. Well, to, to jump on that, I don't shoot the Glocks this year, but the Gen 5 Glocks are definitely a step up. They're more accurate. They've got a better magwell. I, I agree the finger grooves removal is, is awesome. Makes it, I think it makes it feel better. But um, everybody got their butt kicked at, uh, I guess, Great Plains by a Glock, right? Somebody uh, shooting a Glock? I would suggest Allegedly. you, sir, it, is, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the gun. It was a carpenter more than the tools, is what I would suggest to you. <laughs> no, it was purely the gun. Purely the gun. Uh, Tim, it was Tim Myers, wasn't it? It was yeah. Tim Myers, yeah. wasn't it? It was strictly yes. because he spent like three times as much on the dot that was on his gun versus mine. Otherwise, just would have been a dead race. But, <laughs> right. Uh, that was where that 15% came from? Uh, how how freaking dare you, buddy? How dare you? <laughs> oh, my, my bad. Yeah. That was savage, actually. <laughs> I, I wasn't trying to be savage. I mean, I yeah, I'm sorry. I really wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- Tim Meyer. Trying to help you out, man. I was really trying to help you out with that. 
<laughs> Tim Myers did shoot pretty lights out. I think that was his first carry optics major match ever also. Well, that might be possible. I'm not sure. But yeah, that cool. gun's basically stock, but he's very good with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you win eight national championships, you're going to shoot anything well. <laughs> shooting is shooting. Shooting is shooting. Uh, anything else anyone wants to talk about? Oh, you know, I got a question for Joel, just because I always hear him ask this, and I don't think he's ever been asked. Joel, if you were king for a day, oh boy, what would you change? Well, we had this conversation privately, and I won't repeat some of those things. Uh, you can repeat it on here. We don't no care. Way. Nobody listens. No, I like your podcast. I actually listen to your podcast. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, disappointed Jeremy's not on. Actually, not that you guys aren't cool, but I like Jeremy also. Jeremy's got a, a good perspective. Uh, King for a day. Uh, large poppers are gone. We'd never use them again because they're a constant headache and always a calibration issue. Um, I don't know. So I guess I haven't prepared for this. Um, is, uh, is natural talent a thing? No, we haven't we gotten there yet. You wouldn't smoke a division. You wouldn't smoke a division, Joel. Uh, yeah. the The problem the problem is USPSA is being ran like a business. Your eyes just got big, and uh, sometimes just including everyone kind of waters things down a little bit. So, um, yeah, being more strict on the division rules. Like, I would like to see production actually be a production gun. Not like a gun that you have to buy and chop on the slide and add some weight to it. And then you can use an aftermarket barrel if you want to and cut, make some lightning cuts in it. And, uh, oh, I changed the trigger and the hammer also. And, uh, no, it's not really production anymore. So, right. I'd like, I'd like, go ahead. Sorry. uh, It definitely does it right on production. It's like, okay, you can, you can change the trigger parts, but you have to make this trigger pull if it's a DA gun and, this trigger pull if it's a uh, striker gun. It's like, boom, easy. Do, do you think that there's some hesitation to do something like that because it's someone else's rules, and if we adopt someone else's rules and that's uh, maybe somehow uh, um, it makes us look bad or says something bad about our leadership, do you think maybe that's a thought process from some some people maybe? Or what do you think? The I mean, I, I'm just – Every time I bring this up or talk to anyone, I, I kind of get almost um, certain people almost <laughs> yell at me. And I'm thinking of one person in particular who's probably going to message me after I say this. But it's like it's always about what's easiest for the ROs to enforce. And it's like you can't expect someone to know all the differences between all the guns. And I, I, I really do understand that argument. Um, of course, then you could say, well, let it, let the competitors self police because if somebody, if Joel shows up with a Titan hammer and it's not allowed, I guarantee you one of his competitors will definitely love to point it out for Joel. Mm-hmm. They would love to go tell the RO that Joel is shooting a illegal hammer, and I'm sure they could find the right RO that would love to come over and tell Joel he is now shooting open. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Uh, I think that would be a good idea is to basically do what you want, but you have a uh, minimum weight. That seems like an easy solution. Well, I get a really, I get a really good uh, joke out of carry optics. We went completely radical to start with, and then we basically come back full circle to be like, "Oh, I think Ipsic might have had this right to just, you know, if it's on the production list, it should be legal in carry optics." Boom, problem solved. But we, right? had, we had to do it in a really complicated way while keeping all the bad rules. Yeah. I mean, call me crazy, but like carry optics being a gun that you would carry that has an optic, I, I feel like the math on that checks out. Um, you know, but uh, that's my that's my sole opinion on the carry optics guns, as opposed to this fifty nine ounce monstrosity of a gun that you're now allowed to have. But yes, it's, it's my. Really- my- my Shadow 2 with 23-round, 140-millimeter mags was very similar to my P10C that I carry every day. Like, they're almost the same, except that they're completely different and share nothing. Well, it's funny because like, I'm a member of a, 
a couple of quote unquote like tactical groups and uh Timmy's yeah, exactly. Timmy. the the dots, you know, taking over the carry world and the duty world, which is good. But you know, then a lot of guys were talking about like, oh, you know, well they they should allow Magwells and they gotta allow single actions, you know, this or that and and carry optics. And I'm like, well, god damn it. Like, I mean, one, nobody carries like a legit huge Magwell. I mean, very rare exceptions, but it's like like now you're you're also taking what is supposed to be a quote unquote practical division away from the people who theoretically could just take a practical gun that they have, jump right in and be perfectly legitimate, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I, I don't like I don't like the idea of doing that because you could shoot open, you could shoot limited, you know, go you know no problem there. Did anyone that- see a scale at Oklahoma section? Yes, my uh, my gun got weighed. Okay, I know my gun didn't get weighed. <laughs> they weighed my production gun to find out it was like fourteen ounces under the weight limit. Get <laughs> <Yeah>. up. <laughs> okay. They tried uh, to put my gun in the box. But I was shooting limited. To? Oh, you're shooting limited. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> happens. Uh, Jason, answer your question earlier about why they allow that. I think that's to be more inclusive and allow more people in. Because then it's kind of like you do whatever you want. You just show up. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that they're saying we just want your money. But, um, you know, I think we I think being more, you know, keeping the gun stock, um, not changing the rules so often. Those would be good things. You know, like to to piggyback on kind of what you said there. I think a lot of it is, too, is, you know, we all travel for major matches, at least within our larger geographical area. So. You know, we all take the sport reasonably serious in practice and training and stuff where it, it feels like a lot of the, the stuff like L10 sticking around is more catered to the people who will never shoot more than their like once a month club match. Like, oh, we, we got to have a division where they can shoot whatever gun they show up with in it. When and be theoretically competitive. We and be competitive. That's right. Well, that's um, not like L10 is basically just like a like a hiders division like that's i mean because you're literally shooting a limited gun you're just purposely choosing not to shoot it in the easiest way to shoot it you're like well instead of just loading my mags all the way up how about i just how about i just handicap myself like for no reason so i can i can get a division win or whatever but yeah um as far as what joel just said about some of the money thing or excuse me uh inclusive um I personally think, you know, because I've heard another, I guess it was Ben's last podcast, or at least the last one I listened to, I think it was Matt and Tyler. And somebody, I think, asked a a listener question about growing the sport. And I I don't remember exactly what Tyler said, but I remember kind of thinking the same thing before he said it. And I'm going to say what I think he said. Hopefully I'm not wrong what he said, but this is what I think about it. Uh, I don't really care about growing the sport that much because I would rather not worry about having 10 extra thousand members. over having the current membership be satisfied. Um, so it's more like, let's do what's good for the, or let's just have really good matches and do what's good for the current membership versus just worrying about how many numbers we have in the number, the membership column. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, the, just what was kind of like not changing it to make outsiders happy. Yeah. Keeping the sport to really cater to the people we have now. Yes. If I remember Keep- right. Keep the sport purely a sport. So, anyways. Anybody else have anything? Oh, this is fun. All right. Uh, Jeff, you look like you have something to say. I do. Mr. GM, we want to give you all opportunities you need to voice your opinions. Yeah. Where can we find your training classes? Yes. Where can people contact you for training? Uh, the website's pending, so just hit me up on Facebook. Or you could hit up his coach, because someone had to coach him. That's oh, right. Tell me more. It's, where, can uh, this, where can I find this guy? It's uh, J, J Bradley Coaching at cox.com. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's it. Hit me up. That's, that's Is that part of it capitalized? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's all caps. All caps. And go ahead and spell that one out for them, Jeff. 
C O C K S dot com. Look at Wade. He can spell. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's, that's a good time to pinch this one off. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank thank you both for uh, coming on, especially short notice. Yeah, guys, thanks. We literally called these guys up five minutes before we started. So, late. <laughs> thanks, Joel. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. Have a good one. I guess I'll hit stop. Stop, oh, stop recording, damn it. <laughs>